The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net, where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon, and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is April DeMille. April is a psychic life coach, and she launched her own practice as Exordium Healing, where she works with those seeking spiritual answers. Now, April has been on here before, and we talked about some incredible things that you've been through. We talked about Bigfoot, talked about how you called the cop on your on your angel, and we talked about all of these amazing things that you have witnessed and experienced thus far in this journey of your life. And we touched on astral travel, astral projection, that sort of thing. And I really want us to dive deeper in this episode into dreams and astral travel and astral projection. So anyway, without further ado, thank you for being here again, April. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to always connect with you. And also we're talking about some cool shit. Oh, I know. Like this is fun stuff. Yeah. Yes. I'm actually really excited to talk about this. And I know you have a lot of great things to talk about. And I have sort of my ideas of where I want to have you touch upon when it comes to, I'm thinking dreams more specifically, though I feel like I definitely have astro traveled in, in dreams as well. But I want to maybe start with asking you about your experience with dreams and with astral travel. Okay. So I've always, ever since I was little bitty in diapers, been able to, and been aware of leaving my body. So that would be astral travel, astral projection. I've always been able to remember my dreams and write them down. So for about 28 years, I've been recording my dreams. So that wasn't always consistent every day. However, in the last six years, it has been. When I was younger, I was roughly about 13 when I first started writing dreams down, like, oh, this stood out or whatever. And the only consistency was writing shit down that stood out. So it might have been one thing here or there every couple months. But all in a nutshell, I've been recording these experiences for almost 28 years. And 
a lot of those experiences I talk about leaving my body and being in other places and things like that. That's part of the stuff that I'm writing down. You know, I've been studying, researching all these experiences for all that time. And so I've learned a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you've got quite an extensive history there just at your fingertips that you kept track of. Really good record keeping, by the way. So my whole thing that I get really excited about prior to connecting with spirit while awake, I would get a lot of dream visitations from those who have passed and from my spirit guides. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and how spirit uses that state of our consciousness to connect with us. Yeah, it's like that's the easiest time for them to connect with us because our ego's sleeping. Like our ego is resting. So it's kind of out of the freaking way, right? So like it's sleeping and they're like, okay, here's about the only chance I get to connect with you without you freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So that's why it happens so much easier there when we're more trusting. Our, Our bodies are resting, they're recharging, they're doing all the things that they're supposed to be doing. And we get to, on a soul level, go back home curious if you have been given any insight into the technical part of it. Like has spirit shown you or told you how they use dreams to connect with us? Oh, like through images and feelings and things like that, that we understand? Well, so, okay. I watched this show once and it was about spirits who crossed over and they wanted to connect with a loved one who was still alive. And the way that they interpreted that was they would get on the phone in spirit and then they would show up in the person's dream. So I was wondering if you've been showing maybe what those steps are that spirit takes to get into our dreams. I don't think there's really steps. It's more just about their connection. Like we're on a plane that's very open to the other side in all those ways. So it's not really like they have to go through all these intricate steps. We're already there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then I know that they use our reference system, just like, you know, you and I are already psychic mediums, right? So like, it's the same with our dreams, the reference system and things that we can interpret and understand. So like a lot of times I've also had other beings come in to channel through my dreams and they show up and show me all kinds of things that I would not necessarily fully understand if I was awake or whatever. And so I don't know if that makes sense. I'm trying to, I hope I'm understanding your question. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, that answers it. Thank you. That does make sense. So I guess another question would be, I mean, I know the answer for myself, but for people who have dreams about loved ones who have passed or of entities from the other side, whether it's like an angel or guide, whatever, how can they tell the difference between a visitation or not? That is such a fucking great question. And uh, I would say that they're all visitations. To me, there's no such thing as it not being a visitation because if you're there and they're showing up, there's a reason why they're showing up. Whether that is the visitation, that is the message. Sometimes the message is just 
I'm here and it doesn't have to be overthought. So I would say all of those things are visits. And I love that because I feel like it simplifies it enough to where it almost gives you permission to the physical person permission to say, yes, that definitely was a visitation. Like your loved one did visit you. You don't have to decide or decipher if that happened or not. Yeah. And the thing about it is even if it's a memory of yours, right? Okay. Even if you have this dream because a memory is stored in your body, right? We have all these memories and the cell memory and all this stuff. Either way, that memory is still a visit. It is still a visit. If it brings you love, if it brings you closeness, it is still a visit. And at the end of the day, it gives you what you need. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point. You know, there's a reason why that memory came back to you, like you recalled a memory and it could be that spirit was there to help Uh you with that recall at that moment because they are there visiting you. I love it. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Like they trigger it. They trigger the memories. They trigger the stuff because that is the visit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as far as astral projection, astral travel, I think last time we kind of spoke about whether or not there was a difference. Would you say that there is a difference between the two or they sort of one in the same? I mean, in my experience, they're kind of the same. You astro project, you're out of your body, right? But if you astro travel, you're also out of your body. It's it's like the moment you leave your body, that's astral. So whether or not you decide to leave your room, that might be a further travel than just hanging around your bed. But either way, you're still moving about. So to me, it's all the same. Do you have to be asleep to do that? I don't think so. I think you can just be in a altered, you know, state of meditation and and probably do that. I think there's, you know, I don't I don't know that I've been able to do that. I'm trying to I'm sitting here like computing in my mind. Could I do that? I don't think I can like that. I know I can do like remote viewing, but that's I still I still think that's different. It's a different thing. So I'm sure there's some badass gurus out there that can do that, but I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, remote viewing. What would be the difference with that? versus astral traveler projection? I kind of don't know. I'm not sure that there would be. Well, there, I don't know. It's it's almost like, that's a great question too. I'm going to have to sit with that one. I might have to get to my guides and ask that, process that out because I feel very here in the moment with you. But if you asked me to go look at something else, I could do it. So it's almost like, am I bilocating? Am I, you know, I don't, I don't really know. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just being able to tap into the oneness And since I have that ability, and you do too, and others like us have that ability, it's not really being disconnected or having to separate. Does that make sense? Like, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't really know if I have the verbiage for this. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let me put it this way too. Let me ask it this way. What is your process when you remote view? So basically, if somebody asks me a question, I just look. So I'm very visual. So when I have experiences, you know, a lot of the clairs, we're talking about all the different clairs, right? So we've got hearing, clear seeing, knowing, all the stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. So for me, a lot of people, they see things with their third eye, which I'm doing that too. But a lot of my experiences are done also with my physical eyes. So I have different things going on here. I can see things with my physical eyes, but then if it's remote viewing and things that are out of my physical environment, obviously I'm having to use my third eye and my other connections to do that. So for me, somebody might ask me a question. I'll look and I see it. I see, I can see things. And so I'll go, here's what I see. And then I'll just tell them what I see. 
So it's just a different sense, I guess. So that's fascinating. You can see things with your physical eyes that other people can't. Can you give some examples of what it is that you can see with your physical eyes when it comes to the psychic mediumship work? Yeah. So I've actually seen angels, fairies, Bigfoot, like all kinds of different things with my physical. I've seen an alien, like a Draco alien male. I saw his head floating through a backyard one day and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> just like, what somebody just lost their head. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't need to. so yeah it's like stuff like it's like sometimes I'm so tapped in without even trying and it's weird because my eyes glitch my eyes actually do a thing so sometimes I'm gonna try to explain this my eyes will kind of do like a shaky vibrate thing when I have an experience with my physical eyes so it vibrates differently they do this like palpitation thing and I can feel it and I'm like ow it kind of hurts I'm like what the freak like Okay. <laughs> it's a very strange experience. Oh, that is so weird. It's almost like they physically affect your eyeballs. Oh, it does. It does. It physically wow. affects my eyeballs to change vibrations like that. It's like my eye almost has like yeah. a little seizure and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, what is going on? <laughs> so You're like, okay, what am I about to see? <laughs> what, what is coming? Yeah, and so, and it doesn't do that every single time, but most of the times I'll catch it. And I'll know that I've had that experience, not just because I saw what I saw, but because my eye did the thing and I'm like, ow, okay, yep, that was real because it hurt my eye. Oh, that is so (laughs) wild. That's wild. I have no idea why I'm taking this conversation in this direction. It was not something that we ever discussed, but I'm going to go with it because... I guess I meant to ask. Yeah, we'll go with it. We can back. We can still talk <laughs> yeah. about the dream stuff. I've got lots of stuff okay, to talk guys. about. I wanted to get your take on the Ouija board. Yeah, I think the Ouija board can be classified the same thing as like tarot cards and oracle cards, right? So like it's a tool, just like a tuning fork or whatever. It's a divination tool, right? That people have adapted to using as a way to connect. Now, because there has been so much fear-based stuff around it, I think that sometimes it's not always the best thing to open that door, but it really just depends. You know, like sometimes there's tarot cards that a lot of people have fearful reactions to. And so maybe you just discern whether or not these are people you want to use those tools around. In my experience, I don't use Ouija boards, but I also don't need to. I am the portal, so I don't really... You know, I don't really have to do that. But also with tarot cards, they're still fun. They're oracle cards. They're still fun. Do I need them? No. But do I like to play around divination and cool stuff? Well, yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's to each their own. But, you know, like it's anything you're going to use, you definitely just want to check yourself and make sure that you're not going into it with this scary fear-based stuff because then you're just inviting shit at that point. You know, that's such a great answer. And it's funny that you answer it that way because I have actually been giving the whole idea about the Ouija board some thought. And when you take the fear part out of it, you're right. It is just another divination tool. It's like tarot cards Mm -hmm. or oracle cards, just like you said. But when you go in it with fear, I mean, you're, you've lowered the vibration and who knows, you know, what is attracted to that. Yeah. So that's a great answer. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, 
It's like, it's no different than like your pencil or your pen, right? It's a tool. And the only thing that makes it fearful are the thoughts that you put into it. So stop fucking doing that. (laughs) That must have been for whoever's going to listen to it in the future. Needed to hear that answer. So anyway, back to (laughs) dreams and astral travel. Share what it is that you like to teach people when it comes to that. They want to try it or if they, I mean, what do you, what do you tell people? Yeah. So. I am writing a book about yes, this, Laura. Yes. I've only gotten to chapter one. <laughs> I'm only on chapter one, but that's not the freaking point. You started. I'm writing a book. <laughs> yes, I started. So I'm writing a book because after obviously 28 years of compiling research and going through all these experiences, I've really been able to nail down practices that really help me. And so I'm like, dude, I got to share this with other people. People need to know this stuff. So in answer to your question recording all your experiences, like writing them down, number one, number one thing to do. And there is a method that I even trained myself to do to make sure that that you can do this. Because a lot of people don't remember their dreams. It is a practice, right? You get into the practice of remembering a feeling, remembering a thought, remembering a face or a name or whatever, whatever it is. And then the more you realize that you're practicing and writing it down, the better and easier it gets. Just like anything else, it's a practice. So at nighttime, when I go to bed, I do what's called the three R's. So this is review, retain, record. So as I'm falling asleep, I tell myself, I'm going to review my dreams. So once they play out, I'm going to review them. Okay. Once I review them, it's so I can retain the information. Once I retain it, it's so I can record it when I wake up. So there are three R's. They're very specific, right? Review, retain, record. And then as soon as you wake up, you get yourself together, you write down whatever you want to write down. And obviously now you've got all these records so you can go back and refer to the messages that are coming up because what's happening ultimately is you're giving yourself messages, premonitions, all the messages you need to questions that you're having with struggles in your life. They're all coming through you, through your guides, through your memory, through yourself. You're answering all those questions. So if you write that stuff down, you'll get to go back and look and be like, oh, here, look at how this all played out. Oh my gosh, here I am two months later and it's just like I thought. So it's really important to develop that practice. In that, you can also do the same thing where if you want to travel at will, say you want to astral and you want to go somewhere, you want to see Alaska or whatever, whatever it is, you can also do that at will. You can ask your guides, especially if you're new, to be with you and take you to wherever you want to go. Maybe you just want to check on the neighbor. I don't fucking know what you want to do, but whatever you want to do, (laughs) you definitely want to, while you're working into it, you want to make sure you have your guides protecting you and around you. And then you just tell yourself as you're falling asleep, I want to go here. This is what I want to see. This is what I want my soul to experience. And while you're learning, it might not happen right away that first night because you have to remember time is a human thing, right? Time construct is a human thing. It doesn't really apply on the other side. So sometimes it might be the third night that you finally fly off to see Never Never Land, right? I don't know. But the point is, is it's a practice again, like anything else. You have to just talk yourself into it. This is my goal. This is what I want to do. And then you keep working that practice and then you do it. So you mentioned that, you know, time is a human thing. Can you astral travel to visit 
past lives? Oh, totally. And I have. I have actually seen myself. I was uh, an African-American lady and I had glasses on and I was looking at myself in the mirror and I've actually seen my face as other people. That's happened not just from past lifetimes, but other times when I'm channeling other spirits and they're showing me how they crossed over or they're needing my assistance crossing over. And I've seen my face in the mirror and I was them. Again, those are two totally different things. But yes, you can visit past lifetimes. You can access all the information you want to. It's all within your capacity. You just have to know that you can do it. And most people don't know they can do it. So <laughs> I'm veering off of just a little bit because of something that you said with looking in the mirror and seeing the, the face. So I have heard of this practice. I cannot remember what it's called, but people will in the dark with enough light to see me like candlelight, the psychic mediums, they'll do this. They'll just stare in the mirror and then they'll start to see faces or they'll start to see different things. It's called scrying. Is that what it is? Okay. Are you talking about scrying? Yes. That yeah. sounds mm-hmm. like it. So would you talk about that just a little bit to maybe explain to the listener what that is? So scrying is something that I'm able to do, but it's not like something that I do at will. I tend to do it more by accident. (laughs) But scrying is when you have a reflective surface, like water, a mirror, whatever. It's a reflective type surface. And I mean, I think the old Hollywood movies are, you know, gypsy ladies in the crystal balls, you know? So it's all about the reflections and what you can see when you're scrying in the reflections. So yes, that is an actual practice. It is a thing. Oh, that's so interesting. So I first heard about it because on Tyler Henry's Netflix series, he had this room created in his garage and it's totally blacked out. And he'll go in there and spend time in the dark and start to see things and pick up on things. And we'll even start to receive messages for upcoming readings and things like that. And I thought that was such a interesting practice. It is really cool. And it makes perfect sense to me because when I go to bed at night and my room is pretty much dark, that's when I have guides writing on the walls and like I see messages floating in letters and all kinds of stuff. So it totally makes sense to me that he does that. I go, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. That resonates. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And when, you know, it happens to me too, like if I'm in a rather deep meditative state where I feel kind of sleepy, but I'm still awake, I'll start to see different people's faces start to see lots of faces. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but, (laughs) or why I'm seeing you, but you just start to see all these different faces. Yeah. It's really interesting. I've actually heard a practice too, where you can sit in front of the mirror. I think this is what you were talking about earlier in the dark room and you can see the light The what I've actually heard is that the faces that pop up are your past lives, like past selves, other lives. And so that's actually a practice I heard where you can sit and that's a way you can access some of your past experiences or past lives is if you sit in front of the mirror in a dark room and as you see the faces pop up, those are actually other realms of your own being. Yeah, that does make sense. Okay, so back to astral travel. So I like how you broke that down because I have heard from people who say I don't dream or I myself will wake up and if I don't write it down right that instant, I will forget it as the day goes or I'll just remember bits and pieces or I wake up and I don't remember my dream. So that's a great 3R method to help with that part of it so that you could start recording. Yeah. 
It's basically like hypnosis, right? Just guided self-talk, right? So you're just programming your mind that you're going to review these things, you're going to retain these things, and then you're going to record them. So it just kind of helps with accountability more than anything, but it's a programming. Do you actually write it down in a journal? So I did. From when I was 13, I was writing it by hand in a journal all the way up until... mm, I would say I started getting really consistent right about 2015 to where I would have, so this is my normal night, y'all, one to six dreams per night, one to six experiences per night. That's my average. It goes up to about six. So when I'm recording, it's like a fucking book because (laughs) I'm recording every single experience. And so it's a lot of writing. So I got to a point where I didn't do it by hand anymore. The quickest thing for me was to reach my phone and just start like typing whatever. I At first I started in Facebook Messenger. I just had us whole years of dream journals in Facebook Messenger to myself. But then one time it got erased. It erased like two and a half <gasps> years of my work. No. I know. I cried. I was devastated. I was so freaking pissed. And so I decided that that method doesn't work anymore. So now I just have a whole email just for my dream recordings. And so I just email them all to myself and they're organized by month and year. So if that goes in the trash, then I can still recover it. There's a whole process. But yeah, losing that two and a half years worth of work was a nightmare. I was very upset. So there's that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm trying to think what would be the reason behind that. Right. right. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. It was bad enough for sure. Yeah. I feel like I wouldn't be able to write fast enough Mm -mm. Yeah, or be kind of really scribbly. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I already journal so much stuff. The last thing I need is more freaking journals laying around filled with stuff. (laughs) I know. Like a, like a dream journal. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to put this into electronic thing now. And and it's just right there by my bed if I want to grab it and jot down my stuff real quick. So that's what I do. Yeah. No, that's really smart. So can you share any, I don't know if if you call it like predictions or any solutions or anything that, that you experienced since journaling your dreams that you can share that helped you in life. So you, you know how you say all the answers come to you in dreams. Can you share an example of when that happened for you? Yeah, totally. So I'm dealing with this major, major food stuff like mast cell, all this like IgE reactions in my guts, like all these things. And so here's a prime example of some of the stuff that you can get answers on yourself. You go to all the specialists, you go to all the doctors, they don't have the fucking answers. You still know there's something wrong. So I'm like, all right, listen, team, what the F is going on with my body? What is still bothering me? Like, what am I still doing, consuming? What is still shaking my system that I don't have it nailed down. So they showed me images. They showed me, I don't drink coffee. I wasn't a coffee drinker at the time, but I had this probiotic powder that was stored next to like coffee supplies in my cabinet in the kitchen. And so they kept showing me coffee cups with popcorn in it. And I'm allergic to corn. So I was like, okay, what is by the coffee cups? So I went over to the coffee cups and I looked at the probiotic pack and it had dextrose in it, which is corn. And I was like, no fucking shit, dude. All you have to do is ask. The answers are there. You just got to know how to find them. It's very specific. Like, I mean, that saved me years of damage 
just by trusting my my dreams and knowing the answer was there. So very specific stuff like that. On a larger scale, yes, I've seen school shootings. I saw things coming with COVID. I've seen towns underwater. I've seen all those things. In a grander scale, can I go out and rush and save people? No, but my soul on a deeper level is still transmuting energy as lots of souls cross over. So I'm still doing my job by seeing it. And it's kind of like an unspoken rule. If you're there to do a job, then spirit has to show you why you're doing the job, which is kind of like what happens with channeling. If a spirit comes to me and says, hey, I need your help crossing over, the reason why they need help crossing over is usually because it's a traumatic crossover. So then what happens is they show me how they died. And a lot of it's gruesome. A lot of it's traumatic, scary stuff that we're not really going to talk about. But They're not showing it to me to scare me. They're showing it to me because this is why I need your help crossing over because this traumatic stuff happened to me. And I go, okay, that makes sense. So it's like an unspoken rule. If I'm helping them, they have to show me why I'm helping them. So it's the same thing with like big worldwide events. You know, if I'm transmuting this energy ahead of time to help all these people, then the world's going to show me why I'm doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to take us off on another tangent here. Because <laughs> you're talking about crossing over. Okay, so I have dabbled in crossing over work. I've only done a handful of cases. And it's really fun and neat work. I'm curious, do you do crossing over work where you go to a place because people are like, this place is haunted? And I'm scared. Can you cross them over? Or is it all just remote? Or is it like they just come to you and you just help them? I don't have to work in that capacity. So when I was younger, I would naturally end up at places where people were dying or pets were dying or some, and I was, I would naturally just like be placed there or called there, if you will. And then by my presence, the whole crossing over was already being transmuted and helped. So it didn't have to be an actual event that I signed up for. Does that make sense? It just just kind of happened so naturally. So like when I was younger and I didn't understand my abilities, I had people either, oh man, I'd been called Grim Reaper. I'd been called (laughs) devil. I'd been called angel. I'd been called it all. And so like a lot of times I went through struggles where I thought, am I killing people? Oh my God. Like I didn't know. Right. I didn't understand the full capacity of what I was gifted with. Now I look back and I go, oh my God, I can't believe I thought I was killing those people. (laughs) But like, that's it. So no, I don't have to go to like properties and cross over (laughs) and do stuff like that. However, I have cleansed properties and done some work in my past, but it's not something I really have to do now. It's something I kind of grew away from. I see. I see. Got it. Yeah. I think with the spirit of Halloween around the corner, I'm like, oh, you know, we've been watching ghost hunters and things like that. I just find it really interesting. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if the place really is haunted, okay, great. Check it out. But then you got to help those souls cross over. They can't stay stuck there. Uh, You know, if that really is the case. Well, right. It's kind of like, I mean, I have my own opinions about ghost hunters and all the stuff. I mean, I guess maybe I probably shouldn't talk about that whole thing right now. I've actually worked with some other organizations that, uh, you know, it's fine. They, they do their thing, whatever. They're not wrong for it, but it just wasn't a good fit for me. I have a lot of compassion for life, whether it's this side or that, it doesn't really matter. And so 
people, like you said, you, you, if they need help, they need help. Yeah. But there are ways yeah. to go about doing that without being disrespectful. I agree. Oh, yeah. 100%. The person that I learned from, she was really great about the crossing over work. When I followed that intuitive hit, it was very much about we call them ghosts, but they're people or they were people and their souls and they're somebody's mother or daughter or son, whatever. And she was talking about this. Um, she called it a human zoo because it was this pretty big facility and they sold tickets for people like ghost hunters to come and check it out because it was full of ghosts. And she went and she was like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm going to help these spirits cross over. <laughs> like, they, you know, I'm, that's why that's why I'm here. And she says it was just sort of horrendous. All of these spirits were stuck in this building and a lot of them were very scared. And the owner of this building was using it to make money because there was a lot of activity because there were a lot of stuck spirits. And so she was able to help them cross over and everything. But I think that that I mean, that might just be a whole nother episode as well. <laughs> talking about the human soul. It actually breaks my heart. Yeah, that breaks my heart to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, that that's really well. Sad. And that's the thing. I think, you know, when we start to call them, quote unquote, ghosts and things like that, they lose that humanistic quality. And so it's easy for people exactly. to look at them as entertainment or look at the experiences as, oh, like I'm getting picking up stuff. And, you know, though, Laura, it really it really doesn't matter. Because even if they're called ghosts, like you said, and we detach in some way the humanness, yeah. but still to this day in our society, we even treat other people that way. So oh, it's true. like we're still, our society still treats even humans that way. So it's like, yeah, it's just sad. It's That's very heartbreaking. Well, that's why we're here though, right? <laughs> try, try and move For humanity sure. along in the right direction. And so, uh, you know... For me now, if the spirit needs my help, they just fucking show up. It's the oneness. We're already on that plane. So they already know I'm going to help. So it's like, I don't have to go to a place. I don't have to whatever. It's all within me at all times right now. So like they just go, Hey, I need help. And I'm like, cool. See you. Bye. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. So to tie this in with like the dream stuff, one night I was, I mean, I don't know. It could have been near three in the morning. I was woken up and I looked at the foot of my bed and in front of our dresser was a woman standing there. And I knew she was spirit of some sort. And I asked her, what's your name? And she gave me a name. And I asked her, what, you know, what are you doing here? And she said, I don't know. And the next time I went to ask her a question, she had disappeared. So being in that in-between dream and awake state I know I get a lot of activity during that time, probably for the very reasons that you mentioned earlier about, you know, the egos at rest. So it kind of opens us up and allows us to really Mm -hmm. explore and connect. What would you say about experiences like that, that in between sleep and awake state? So in that alpha state, I would say that since you're already a psychic medium, and I'm just assuming because I do it too, we're already in that state pretty much all the time. Because like, we're accessing information all the time as psychics and mediums and channelers. So we're kind of already in that state basically 24 seven. So like, I don't have to meditate to drop into that state to get information. I'm already kind of like in that state all the time. And because people like us have to walk between worlds, quite literally, there's almost like these two versions of us, right? Because we're one foot on each side or whatever. (laughs) So I feel like for me, it makes more sense that we're just in that stage more often than not. I completely agree. I feel like I'm always 
tuned in or checking in with my guide, Jason, or just always thinking about spirit. I'm just constantly in that state because I love it so much and the work is so great. And I enjoy being in between both. I'm totally fine with constantly being in tune with what comes through. Yeah, I'm the same. I think because we we were born this way, so naturally it's easier for us to be on the other side. What's harder for me is to be in the human side. So for me, it takes more work for me to turn it off and be human than it does for me to turn it on and be on the other side. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) So so there's that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so right. You know, it's funny. I feel like I keep talking about like Netflix shows that I watch, but sometimes I get really interested in watching shows about like serial killers and things. I find it very interesting, but I get really scared. And I'm like, humans are way scarier than spirits ever could be. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's why I've had such a hard time enjoying my experience as a human because I always knew my whole life that I wasn't human. I wasn't from here. I always knew that. And so I've had a really hard time enjoying my human experience because Bigfoot, fairies, are you kidding me? That shit's fun as fuck. But then some human walks up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm terrified. Get me the fuck out of here. That's so freaking weird. It's like a sick joke that you incarnated as a human, like the thing yes. you're terrified. Well, and I've had to work through a lot of shame because there's been a lot of times in my life that I felt shameful. Like, oh God, I'm human. Ugh. Gross. Like, why? Some sick joke. <laughs> Well, I think it's because you're more effective as a human yes. for humanity. Yep, exactly. April. <laughs> yeah, we need you. We need you as human. Well, thank yeah, you. We I do. appreciate that. Yeah. Aww, oh, I know. Thank you're you welcome. so much. <laughs> okay. We got to tie it back to dreams <laughs> and astral travel. I keep getting off topic because so many interesting things. Okay. Stuff. Yes, please so share. I wouldn't share. necessarily say that this is about astral travel. I know that we still want to talk about that, but I've had some really cool experiences with this whole dream stuff. Yeah. One time, this has happened probably at least twice that I can think of. My daughter was sleeping next to me. And at the time, I think she was like 12 or 13. I remember she was having a nightmare and she was like doing the whole wrestling around in the bed and the whimpering and she was scared. Right. And I could tell, right. We're moms. We know. So I remember I was having my own experience, my own dream, doing my own thing. But because I'm so good at walking between worlds, this is what happened. (laughs) I put my hand on her because I knew if I touched her, I would be able to see what she was running from, what she was scared from. So as soon as I touched her, my dream went into a split screen. It was like a TV with a a stream down the middle and it had two screens. On the left side, I could see what I was still dreaming and what I was still doing. I was computing what I was, my experience was still going over on the left side. On the right side, I could see her running through these big cornfields from something. She was afraid and she was running and I was like, okay, I could see what she was afraid of. So at that point I shut it back down and I kind of like put, kept my hand on her and was like, Hey, and I kind of just talked to her. It's okay. Get out of that space. You don't have to be there. And I'm telling her because we have control. Believe me when I tell you, you can change a nightmare in the split second. If you don't want to see that shit, you don't see it. So I'm, I'm like, you don't have to see this. You don't have to do this. Get out of it. So I'm talking to her. She doesn't hear me, right? So the next morning she wakes up. Hey, did you sleep okay? Yeah, huh, I'm all right. 
Did you have a nightmare? No? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. You sure you slept good? Yeah, I slept good. Okay. So that was that. Aside from that experience, there's been one other time that I did the split screen thing. And that's only happened twice. And it was not by, it was, it's not like I trained and did it at will. It just kind of like happened. But somehow it was still so natural to me that I just was like, all right, cool, whatever. This is how we're going to do it. So it was a really cool experience. Wow. Wow. That gave me chills when you talked about touching her and then seeing what she was dreaming in that, like that split screen. That's pretty amazing. And it made me think, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> but you still have to remember your dream so that you were, can record it later. You must be oh, I did. really advanced in this dream stuff. I recorded the whole experience where it was my dream. I recorded her stuff. Yeah. I recorded the whole thing. And it's really important to know how in charge we really are no matter what, right? Like we have house rules. So even if you think you don't have power in your dream world, mm -mm, that is wrong. You absolutely have control. I can tell you that I solved my night terrors when I realized how much control I had. Because if, a, if something bad steps in and you're having nightmares or you're fighting off demons or witches or whatever, you don't have to see that shit. You don't have to experience that shit. You get to stand right there and say, what the fuck are you doing? Get the fuck out of here. And that's all you have to do. Now, if I can only remember that when I'm in my dream experiencing that. <laughs> yeah. And so a lot of people aren't as expressive with words like me. So um, maybe it's just you need to call on <laughs> Jesus or your angels. Either way, the point yeah. is, you have control. Call your team. Tell them to move them out. Yeah. And turn those things around any second that you want to. People just don't know that they have the ability, which is why I'm going to write this book, because I want people to know you can change this shit. You can heal yourself. You can get your answers. You can stop your nightmares. You can do all that stuff. Well, when that book is written, we're definitely going to have you back on just for that book. And we'll try not to get off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, awesome. Did you have another experience you wanted to share? Oh. <laughs> You're going to love this one because this was about, this was an astral travel experience, actually. I think this only happened like two years ago. <laughs> so one time I left my body Ooh, and perfect. I was like out rumping around. I was near a water source. It was like a lake or a river or whatever. I met up with some friends, which is called dream walking. So dream walking is when you invite other people into your experiences. Like you invite souls that you know, whether it's your mom or whatever. It's dream walking is when you meet up. You're like, hey, we're going to meet up here. We're going to go do some fun shit, play around in the water, play with mermaids, dance on top of the mountains, whatever, right? So that's called dream walking. Wait, so do you coordinate this with the people before they fall asleep too? Or? You can, but I just coordinate mine on a soul mm. level because I'm so into telepathy. I see. So I just go, all right, cool. So I met up with a friend. He and I were running around doing all this fun stuff. And next thing I know, I'm standing on someone's back porch the porch light is on. It's dark outside. And the lady hears something. So she like pulls open her curtain real quick. And she looks out and she sees me floating in the air at her back porch. And she's like, oh, my God. And she like <laughs> closes the thing. It scared the fuck out of her. She thought I was a ghost because I looked in that time like a ghost, but I was actually just out gallivanting and, and playing around. I had left my body just to go screw around, but she thought she saw a ghost. So sometimes this is important when you see someone 
and you think it's a ghost, sometimes it's not a ghost. Someone is very much traveling. So I would think if she ever saw my face and like recognized me, she'd probably be terrified. So there's experiences like that. Things like that happen when we travel. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's insane. It almost makes me wonder if that person that I saw in my room, maybe she was didn't know she was astral traveling. I mean, who knows? She's like, I don't know when. I don't <laughs> Like, I don't know either. <laughs> that's wild. That's crazy that that woman was able to see you. Oh, yeah. She totally saw me. I wonder what that says about her. Yeah, I don't wow. know. But she, I don't even know why she bothered to look. I don't know if she heard a noise or what happened. It could have been that there was a dog barking or something. I don't even know. But she like, I remember specifically, she just flung open her thing and she saw me, looked right at my face and was like, oh my God. And like, close up. She was terrified. She thought she'd seen a ghost. Do you have any idea where you were? I don't. I actually don't know where I was. Oh, um, I would say gosh, that would be I was crazy. probably on the other side of the continent. I don't know. I could have been on another yeah. planet for all I know. You don't even know where I was, but I know I was by water. Okay. I know that. I mean, that really doesn't narrow anything down, but that's okay. <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> no clues there. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I mean, April, this has just been so much fun. And thanks for... Uh, <laughs> keeping up with me and me going all over the place. I swear it's like I learned something like multiple things new from you every time that we talk and I really want to thank you so much for your time and for sharing your knowledge today and I know you gave the three R's already but any last words of wisdom or messages that you want to share with the listener for us to wrap up with? Yeah, I would just say kind of like what I what I was saying earlier, you really are in charge. If you want the answers there within you, you just have to ask. You want the answer to a question, go to bed and say, hey, I'm looking for the answers to this question. Send me messages, send me letters, send me smells, feelings, whatever it is. Start somewhere, start asking the questions and then write down whatever comes through. There's no such thing as a wrong answer. Write the shit down, no matter how crazy it seems, it doesn't matter. Write it down, it'll make sense soon. But you can get those answers. I promise. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, April, for your time and for sharing. I really appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. I love coming on. (laughs) Well, you'll definitely be back. I have no doubt. (laughs) And that was another episode of a guided life podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, Love and light always. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.